Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM, we welcome you guys back to our broadcast. Also, it's tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could be with us as well. Dr. Velma Bagby is back with us today to talk to us not only about the year that's been 2022 for her, but also she's gearing up for next year a third book in her Catch series. We're going to talk to her about that, what it's been like for her to see the response to the Catch series so far, and what she wants you all to know know about what you can expect from the third book as well. Dr. Bama, hello team. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Cyrus. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So a lot for us to get into, as I mentioned, there is a third book that is coming out for 2023 in the Catch series. I want to first of all talk about that. We're going to talk about the year, but I mean, could you have imagined at the beginning of this year, Dr. Bama, that there would even be a Catch series? No, I didn't imagine it at all. I only thought about that one novel I was trying to <laughs> to uh, load and make sure I met my deadlines in terms of where when I promised the book would be released, and that was all I thought about at the time. And so now here we are with you having the Catch No One Wants out, of course, the novel that you mentioned, the Catch No One Wants, the homework basket, the uh, nonfiction book, and now a third book, which goes back to a novel, which will be the second novel in this series uh, that's going to be coming out for 2023. I, I mentioned to you right before we went on here that I wanted to talk about kind of setting the stage for what our audience can expect, right? So going back to the novel, the Catch No One Wants, talk to us about how this all began, Dr. Velma. Where did the idea for the novel? come from? The idea for the novel came from my study and uh, understanding how Jesus uh, told his parables. And it was one day I was I was just browsing um, through one of my author blogs, and she decided to respond to the people among the Christian community who were not um, warming up to the idea of Christian fiction. And that's when she addressed the over 50 parables that Jesus had spoken. And even as I began to approach writing, I was thinking, okay, this needs to be a fiction book. What category? How do I approach this? And when I read that, it really just gave me the freedom to move forward because once I understood how Jesus formulated his stories, his parables, they're simply fictional stories. He used what was common to people, and yet he painted a picture in the story so that they can then see themselves in it. And then he also in his stories included either the way out or kind of the redemption plan so that they can, that he's given them the tools that they need if they make the decision at the end of the story to make some changes. And I loved it. And once I began writing this novel, I said, okay, what am I going to use? And I remember my brother of being an expert at fishing like my dad, I reached out to him just, you know, just just kind of knocking on the door to see what was possible and asked him the question about what was his favorite fish because he was fishing all the time. And when he started describing the fish, the environment to catch them, their personality, what you had to use and why, it immediately resonated with me, and I could see the specific guy for each of the fish that he talked about. And so that's how it evolved. Wow. 
and then we're able to see the lessons in that your characters, uh, Grayson, the father, and Veronica, the daughter, are able to take away from that. I, I think it's a, uh, interesting for us as we're talking about this. I thought about what would make this conversation different, Dr. Bellman, because you and I have had a lot of conversations about these books. But there's so many different things in them, and I'm going to talk about today, focus on things you and I have not talked about and that is going mm-hmm. back to what you just said about um, what Jesus did and being able to help us. And uh, I want to yeah. go to an illustration that Grayson gave his, his daughter Veronica in Chapter 2 of the book. So for those who have the print edition of the Catch No One Wants, uh, the novel, I want you guys to go to page 36. And this is what Grayson said to Veronica. I'm going to read this, uh, Dr. Bam, and then we can talk about it. Grayson set the stage right. for a story and commented, Christian women see the church as a place to shop for a husband. Women forget the church is full of unsaved sinners and broken believers or saved sinners who have cracks in their vessels in need of repair, cracks only the potter God can fix. So trying to find a husband at the church doesn't guarantee a perfect Mr. Right. It's better not to focus on the church as the only place to meet a Christian man but to go to God and trust him for direction. God will choose any location to reveal a Mr. Right, because Proverbs 18:22a tells us it is the man who so findeth a wife. Uh, so I want to talk about that because you do hear about this, and it kind of has become a running joke in Tyler Perry plays and movies about so many women going to church to find a man. Talk to us about that that piece of information, Dr. Bama, that Grayson gave Veronica as they kind of began their journey to the lake, um, about why that needs to be looked at differently, that the real reason why we go to a place of worship, uh, not so much for matchmaking, but what we should think about about the people there. I think the whole purpose is to go because you're trying to fix wh- where you are. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. trying to grow who you are in your faith. And so to make that the reason you go, I mean, I, I've met people like this along the way. I've met people like this as I was growing up. So this piece is not necessarily fiction. It is really what happens today. And even in my conversations with folks who have read this book, they agreed that that's exactly what women do. They assume that who they're supposed to meet is at the church, and that's not necessarily so. And so that's the reason I talked about um, being specific about it, you know, people who are there in need of repair, the cracks, you know, that only the potter can heal. Again, it's talking about the fact that we can't fix a person, whether it's a man looking to fix his wife or a woman looking to fix her future husband. We're not called to do any of that. That's God's job. And I think in something else I was reading uh, or working on, maybe it's the new book, I remember seeing the part about a reference to you know, every um, mall has a Build-A-Bear uh, location where you can take your kid to to build their own bear design. And I said, and I said in that, in response to that, that that's not the woman's job to build a man. It's like build a bear. You can't go to one location expecting to build someone and make them be who you want them to be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I think this uh, whole in, in engagement with uh, Veronica and her her father, Grayson, is so interesting. One thing you and I have never talked about in these conversations is what we learn about Grayson in that same chapter, uh, Dr. Bellman. So I want to talk about the making of Grayson. We focus a lot on Veronica and her making not the right choices and what the results have been. Yeah. But one of the things we were able to find that I believe we have some truth in as well when you talk about what's not fiction is that 
here you have Grayson who was kind of instilled with his own father about doing, you know, yeah. being able to provide for himself, getting an education. That's something that Grayson mm-hmm. then was able to instill in his three children as well. What was it like for you to kind of take us into the making of the man? Because, I mean, you could have just focused on, you know, her, her um, his daughter coming to him for advice and him giving that. Why was it important for you to know, for us to know at least, a little bit more about his own backstory? Because it was important for us to build a foundation that showed what it used to be like, even though it's not like that in many homes. But this is what it looks like when it's done correctly and done properly, when when the man is there for his family, when the man is there to make sure that he's raising his family in the way he should, especially a Christian man. And so it, it was important to paint that picture. Now, it's not to say that everything about Grayson was perfect because because it wasn't. And a right. lot of his personality I took from my husband when I see him and, and how he engaged with his daughters and, you know, even his upbringing wasn't necessarily ideal, but he still set out to make sure that he presented the best portion of himself to his family. And so that was important for me to show that. Also, he re- Grayson represents the idea of the wise counsel. So even if th- there is not a Grayson in your life, but someone Grayson-like could be a, a group of folks who can still be that same person, the person who's there to support you, to guide you, and be there to help vet that person when he comes into your life. Yeah, I think that is it. And I think, too, uh, going back to what a father wants, uh, for his daughter, or for, I should say, I guess, uh, what a parent would want for their child. We have another example that you and I have not talked about, uh, Dr. Valman. That's in Chapter 8 of the book, the letter that Grayson wrote to Veronica. I want to read a bit of that. For those who have the print edition, uh, again, uh, this is found on page, let's see, this is page 133. Uh, I'm going to read a bit of the lesson that he wrote uh, to, uh, of the letter he wrote to Veronica The part that I wanted to focus on is this, uh, Dr. Velma. I only ask that you let me keep my solemn promise to God as a father, following God's plan for me and every dad to cover and protect you until the mate he has for you arrives and replaces me. My job until then is to show you honor and respect, and I I expect the same from the man who pursues you. I promise to show respect during the vetting process for each guy who dates you. I promise not to be judgmental, but to help you identify the qualities I can see in him. And if red flags exist, I will address them man to man. I want to talk about that because I thought that was interesting, and you and I have not talked about this before, Dr. Velma, because you know there are some who feel like their parents get too involved. Uh, when it comes to their relationships. Talk to us about what you wanted Veronica to kind of take away from this letter from her father when it came to his role in her process. I think a lot of people got a little confused during that era of I'm a, I'm grown. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was an era where um, young adults just felt like they they didn't need to their parents didn't need to be a part of their decision-making process. I'm grown kind of is what I call it. That was the I'm grown era. And it was a huge mistake because they misunderstood the whole idea of having a parent involved in their decision-making, not to tell them what to do, but to at least impart some wisdom because Scripture is full of statements regarding the importance of not neglecting wisdom. And you have no wisdom early on in your life, but those who have lived some time, they have some wisdom, whether it was something they had to learn the hard way or something that was easy for them. But that wisdom is important. And I think 
it was kind of rejected for a minute. And therein lies some of the problems we have, we face now, that they rejected the wisdom that was built into understanding and, and embracing the role of your parents, not to control what you do or make you decide or tell you what to do, but to be there to help you by imparting wisdom and giving you examples they already know because they've lived it. And so that's why it was important for me to say that there because I think it's important for women to embrace that again, to understand that was the heart of a father. And it's also the heart of the father, our heavenly father. He too wants the best for them. And so that's why that was important. So, Dr. Vam, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate, and I really don't even know where that phrase comes from, but it's the phrase we all say, so I'm going to say it. Um, I, I try not to be the devil's advocate, but, hey, we're going to do it in this case. <laughs> so, I mean, there are, some, there are some who will say, and I'm not saying me, I'm just saying, you know, saying the other side, that that is, is you know, that is old-fashioned. I want to bring this up, though, because it's interesting, and in other, other conversations you've had, is the audience that has been so engaged with your messages. Tell our audience here about that, because some will say, well, that's old-fashioned. It's old-fashioned to think that way. But tell them about the engagement you've been getting from a certain audience when it comes to these things about relationships. The engagement I've been getting, both those who are believers and non-believers, have been amazing. They have embraced this book and the uh, principles of the book wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, I'm sorry, because they said they met the men that have been, been described in this book. They appreciated the wisdom that was here. They wished that this book and the message in the book um, even the story of Grayson and his daughter Veronica, that they had read it years ago during the times when they hit a rough patch. Because this is not this is something that's not taught anymore and it's not practiced anymore. And so it gave me an opportunity to bring it back to the forefront. So we can a lot of people can say the scripture is old too. Yeah, and that's true. It's over two thousand years old. But it's exactly what we've been given to give us guidance and wisdom so that we can understand what we need to do when we're faced with certain situations. So call it old. To me, uh, to say it another way, we're practicing a dating practice that's just a a couple of hundred years old. Look Look at the stats concerning that. Divorces are higher. People are leaving multiple relationships broken and hurt, injured in terms of their heart and their feelings and emotions, all of that because what they practice does not include commitment in it, whereas the principles that God has taught us was always about meeting someone to marry, not meeting someone to just have a good time, but meeting someone for that sole purpose of spending your life with that individual. And so to call it old to me would say that the wisdom that God has provided us, you're rejecting it. And God warns us about rejecting wisdom. So we can, we can put that title on it, but it's really not old. It is what's sure. It is what commitment looks like because in this dating process that God has provided us to date for marriage, it's commitment from the very beginning. 
You just said something interesting. I'm going to go back to three words you just said, date for a marriage. But I want to, before we do that, I want to say for those who are just tuning in on the radio side, you are listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome back Dr. Velma Bagby. She's the author of the Catch series, among other books, but we're talking primarily about the Catch series. If you guys are joining us online, we've actually put uh, Dr. Velma's Amazon profile there so you guys can be able to see all the books she's done. But today we're just focusing on the Catch series. Why? Because she has a new book coming out in 2023. So the next time she and I talk here on the radio, we'll be talking about the newest book. Um, but I want to talk about that, Parker. That has always been a thing for me and, and why I know dating is not right for me right now because I'm not looking to get married. <laughs> so, so for me, right. dating makes no Absolutely. sense. You know what I mean? I mean, so yeah. uh, because otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, what, what, is, the, what is the purpose? Do, are you finding that more people are starting to think about that, Dr. Velma, that, okay, Maybe the way I've been looking at dating and the purpose of dating is something I need to reevaluate. Absolutely. And I find that a lot of people who make that decision focus on themselves, focus on their goals, focus on what they're working on at the time in their lives. And so they're full with just that. And so sometimes that is not the right time for somebody to come into your life. In other cases, I've seen where the person does that. And after a while, all of a sudden, somebody comes across their path. Now, they're not looking, and they have not made a decision to date for marriage. But all of a sudden, someone crosses their path that makes them think in terms of that. And so we never know how God is going to present the person or how he's going to give you a cue or (laughs) an idea that maybe this is time for you. But he's done that, and I've seen situations like that. Yeah. I want to get the last thing I want to talk about from the book, uh, Dr. Bama. Uh, again, this is from The Catch No One Wants, the novel, uh, and that is about the actual fish. And that's kind of presented the first three um, with Grayson and Veronica in Chapter 3 of the book. And uh, there we find that, that's for those who have the print edition, again, it's on page 39 uh, and 40 is where Dr. Bama and I are going to be talking about now. Um, and, and this is interesting because uh, when Grayson takes her to this area, uh, Dr. Velma, as you remember in that chapter, he asks her what kind of uh-huh. fish live in. And she mentions the sturgeon, the salmon, and the catfish. And, of course, he has his cards there, uh, which leads us into the homework basket later on uh, that he tells her not to laugh about. Um, but I, I want to talk about this because you, you say something interesting, and I love this, again, going to what we said in the beginning of the conversation, and that is – how Jesus used illustrations. Um, there, on page 40 of this chapter of the, in the book, um, there Grayson asked, did you pick up any clues about their similarities to men, talking about those three, those three types? And Veronica says this, yes, I did. The sturgeon nibbles, and you won't know that they nibbled the bait right off the line. A huge red flag. The bonus feature is interesting, and the bottom feeder sounds curious, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say when you compare each fish to men. And then I love this part. Grayson continued, these are the men who take from you, but you don't realize it while it's happening. This fish is hard to find, and it takes an expert fisher to catch them, and it's very difficult for them. The sturgeon will break the pole or fish line in an attempt to run away. If you try to catch them, expect a fight. They are in too much trouble to worry about with fishing. I love that. <laughs> that, you know, that is, I think, a great analogy. So I want to talk about this because we do find, Dr. Velma, and I'm curious as to your thoughts about this, we do find some people fight to stay in relationships that it's obvious they don't need to be in. 
what do you normally tell women when it comes to that in comparison to these fish that you address in the book? I'm actually addressing that in the new book as well because there's a specific mm. example of that in one of the stories, and it's where people become um, – it's a codependency issue. It's where people become dependent upon how toxic it is. So they 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 become dependent upon it. They 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 thrive on the arguments. They thrive on the fight. So it's an unhealthy relationship, of course. But some people get attracted to it. And in the case in one of the stories, that's exactly what happened. Uh, the guy decides to marry the girl, and he's not in love with her. But he says, "Okay, let me just jump in here and just do it because she's pressuring me." and and his brother's telling him, but why? He said, you guys are fighting all the time. He said, I love the fight. It lets me know she's tough, but it's toxic. <laughs> wow. So I just wanted to share that, that sometimes um, we make these excuses to hang in there with something that's not worth it. And, again, that's why it's important to know who you are and, and know your worth, because if you're willing to accept something that um, awful, it doesn't say much about what you feel about yourself and what you feel that you yeah. deserve to have. Right. I thought it was interesting, and again, all these passages we have not read before, Dr. Bellman, but I thought I wanted to read that passage for Veronica even says about the red flag. And it, I thought it was yep. interesting because she should have seen that in her own patterns, but she could see it in the fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, 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 right. I say that because a lot of times we can see things in other people's relationships and the way they're handling things. But we can't see the red flags that are right there in front of us. What was it like for you to kind of have her have that epiphany about the fish, but not necessarily at the time seeing it about herself? Because her only goal was to get married. She had, she set the goal for herself to be married by 30, and so in the story she's 32. She just ignored them because she had a goal, and her goal was to marry someone as soon as she can find someone who would marry her. And so she was ignoring the red flags for that reason. Yeah. So that tees up perfectly then, Dr. Bellman. This has been great because, we, again, it's great to be able to talk about different aspects of these books. And, of course, we want our audience to be able to get this book as well as, of course, the homework basket that I alluded to earlier. That is the nonfiction book. But tell us about the title of the third book, Dr. Bellman, and what we can expect there. I'm sorry, Cyrus. I missed the question. Yeah, no problem. No, I was just saying. Oh, not a problem. No, I was just saying. Tell tell us the the title of the third book and what we can expect there. The third book is called The Wrong Catch, and so what happens at the end of the uh, first novel? Novel. Um, both Grayson and Veronica are just overwhelmed with the number of women approaching them, contacting them, asking for more uh, information about the stories because Veronica ends. The first novel with her, um, she shares what, what occurred in her life as a result of her listening to what her father instructed her to do. So she did meet the man of God, the husband she deserved, and she announced she was expecting at the end of the story. So as a result of her testimony, she stood up in church to share this, how she rejected it. She almost missed out on finding the right guy because she didn't know what to look for, and she just ignored the signs. And so when she began to work on herself, she began to see what God wanted for her, and she met the guy that she deserved. And so as a result, she and her father decides to host a conference so that other women can discover and learn the things that she, uh, that her father shared with her. So Veronica and Grayson host this conference, so the two of them together as a partner, except uh, Grayson introduces to Veronica the idea of not only sharing the fish that he shared with her, 
but he comes up with four new fish stories to share because these are other kinds of guys that women tend to make decisions about who are not healthy choices, and so that's why it's called the wrong catch. And he introduces what's known as the trophy fish and who are popular in tournaments. It's a multimillion-dollar business. And to win a trophy fish, the anglers must prepare to, for a long fight because these guys are big. So we talk about the big black bass, which is the number one uh, fish in the tournament. And then we talk about the pike fish. And just so happens the pike fish that in the story are twins. And so we get into the details of how these twins can sense each other's feelings and in that tend to share the women that they meet. So if one twin meets one woman, he passes her on to the next one because it may not be his, be the right fit for him. So the bottom line is trophy fish feel entitled even when even though their financial status does not match the title, but he does not see the woman as his prize. He only sees himself. So this, these guys believe that anyone in their inner circle are like extras in a movie. And there's a name for this type of personality, and we get into it in the story. Interesting. All right. Well, that gives us a, a great idea of what to expect. You guys can pre-order The Wrong Catch now, again, on Amazon. So make sure you guys do take advantage of that. Again, for those joining us online, you will notice the link to, to uh, Dr. Velma's Amazon profile there. There you can be able to pre-order the uh, the new book coming out in 2023, uh, as well as, of course, get the other books as well. Dr. Velma, let them know how they can stay connected with you. I'm on all the social media platforms as drvelma.com, both on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, so they can reach me on any of those platforms, or just to my website at drvelma.com. All right, Dr. Velma, always a pleasure. Glad we got a chance to catch up again. Part of this conversation will be part of our Conversations Entertainment Spotlight for WYAD 94.1 FM here in Mississippi. So we appreciate you being with us. And Dr. Velma, it goes without saying, looking forward to our chat in 2023. Me too. This was a good one, Cyrus. Thank you for it. Hey, more than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.